episode 41 of the Healthier Life podcast. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, although this does seem to be a really busy couple of months for our family. Our second daughter is in fact on her third weekend in a row away camping, and our eldest daughter is about to start going to various university open days all around the country. I can't believe that we've got to that stage already. Time has just flown by. You know, the other day I was feeling really quite overwhelmed by everything going on in my diary, and I realised that I just wasn't looking after myself properly. So I made a conscious effort to sit down with our weekly meal plan again and make sure that I was taking the time to prepare delicious, nutritious food with plenty of healthy protein and vegetables. I also reinstalled a water app on my phone to make sure that I was drinking enough water each day. And then even though I was really busy, I deliberately took time off last week just to relax and replenish my energy levels. And I have to say that that has all made a real difference. Making our health a priority has ripple effects to everything else that's going on. So I really encourage you to do the same if you're also feeling a bit overwhelmed at the moment. And if you are wanting to get into meal planning, which I highly recommend, I do have a meal planning kit to help you through the process, step by step, in a very easy, comprehensive way. So check it out by heading to katherineshelton.net forward slash meal planning kit. And I'll put that link in the show notes. Okay, so this episode talks more about why it is so important that we look after ourselves. We're talking today about menopause and specifically the symptoms of perimenopause. You know, I get asked so often about this. What's going on with perimenopause? Why am I feeling this way? And more importantly, what can I be doing at home naturally through diet and lifestyle to help reduce my symptoms and manage this stage of my life better? I'll be answering all these questions and more inside today's episode, so stay tuned. But before we start, just a quick disclaimer as always. The information presented on this podcast is for educational and inspirational purposes only. Always consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet and lifestyle. Okay, with that said, let's dive into today's show. Hi, and welcome to the Healthier Life podcast where you can get great tips and strategies to empower you to live that healthier life you've always wanted. Do you want to feel vibrant and full of energy so that you can make the impact you desire in this world? I believe that when we are intentional about looking after our health, then we can find the energy, balance and joy that we need as Christian women to step into our God-given potential and make a real difference in this world. If you're here to learn about how a diet based more on whole foods, plant-based nutrition can bring a healthier life both to you and the planet, if you want to know how to manage your stress better, improve your sleep, exercise in a way that is fun and manageable, if you want to deepen your faith and build in more gratitude so that you can flourish once more in a life you love, then you are in the right place. I'm Catherine Shelton, let's get started. Let's first do a quick overview of what's going on with a woman's sex hormones on a monthly basis. So our main sex hormones are oestrogen and progesterone. In the first half of our cycle, oestrogen is the dominant sex hormone and it's made by the ovaries. Oestrogen is also a fat storage hormone because it wants enough body fat in case conception takes place. Its job is to lay down the lining of the uterus. 
Now, we're also making a little progesterone from our adrenal glands at this stage. After ovulation, oestrogen drops and the ovaries start to make more progesterone to hold the womb lining in place. And then if there's no conception, then both oestrogen and progesterone levels fall, you have your period, and the cycle starts all over again. So let's talk a little bit about progesterone. Now, progesterone is one of our feel-good hormones. It's actually a powerful antidepressant. And like I said, it's made by the ovaries in the second half of our cycle, but it's also made by our adrenal glands. Now, if you listened to last week's episode about adrenal fatigue, you'll know that if we're chronically stressed, then our adrenal glands are focused on pumping out adrenaline and cortisol, which means that they also shut down the production of progesterone because your body senses that it's just not safe to bring a baby into the world at this time. Okay, so that's progesterone. So now we have a situation which is called oestrogen dominance, where there's excess oestrogen in comparison to the amount of progesterone that you have in your body. And this is what leads to all sorts of problems. Symptoms of oestrogen dominance include PMS and heavy painful periods, weight gain, thyroid issues, decreased libido, headaches, low mood, bloating, and then in menopause, things like hot flushes, night sweats, mood swings, and so on. And we'll talk more about those in a minute. But first, let's just talk about how many women find themselves in this situation with excess oestrogen. So firstly, stress. We've just mentioned that. If your body is focusing on pumping out cortisol and adrenaline, then it's not going to be making that progesterone that you really need. And it's really, really important, therefore, to look after your adrenals and reduce stress wherever you can. Secondly, you may have a congested liver. If your liver is having a hard time dealing with the other toxins in your system, which include alcohol, caffeine, trans fats, environmental toxins, medications and refined sugars, then it can't properly do its job of eliminating the excess oestrogen from your body. So the oestrogen that is going through your liver is instead recycled back into your body in a slightly changed form. And it's this form of oestrogen that can lead to certain kinds of cancers. So looking after your liver is also really, really important. And we can talk more about this in a future episode. Thirdly, did you know that we also make oestrogen from our fat cells? So if we are carrying excess body fat, then that can also increase our oestrogen levels as well. And then finally, we have things called xenoestrogens. These are foreign oestrogens that we ingest into our body from chemicals, plastics and herbicides in our environment. Okay, so I hope you're following me so far. There's a lot of science in this episode today. Let's come on to what happens during menopause and perimenopause. Let's define those terms. What is perimenopause? Well, perimenopause is defined as that period of time leading up to the menopause. And a woman is said to be in menopause when she hasn't had a period for 12 consecutive months. So in a way, you don't actually know that you've reached menopause until you've already got there. On average, women hit menopause in the UK at around the age of 51-52. And symptoms of the menopause are known as the perimenopausal stage. And this can begin around the age of 35. 
During this time of perimenopause, a woman's ovaries are gradually producing less estrogen and progesterone, and there are changes to other hormones too, including testosterone, FSH and LH. And it's important to remember that this is all completely normal. It's a natural stage of life where you are released from reproduction. So what are the common symptoms of perimenopause? Well, some women breeze through menopause without much problem, but around 60 to 70% of women do experience symptoms and sometimes very severely. So here are a few of those symptoms. Irregular periods, often shorter cycles than before. Heavier, more painful periods sometimes. Breast tenderness, headaches, joint pains. And emotional things like irritability, weepiness, aggression, panic attacks, forgetfulness and low self-esteem. You could also have tiredness, insomnia, poor quality sleep and waking up in the night. And then there are the ones that we hear a lot about, the night sweats and the daytime hot flushes or hot flashes. Other symptoms include hair thinning, fluid retention and bloating before periods bladder irritation, increased urgency and needing to go to the toilet maybe during the night, loss of libido and vaginal dryness, and then also weight gain, especially around the belly area. So those are the symptoms. Let's look at what is going on. As I've mentioned before, stress is such a key factor. So remember that leading up to menopause, your ovaries are gradually stopping making hormones, but you also make estrogen from your adrenal glands and your body fat, and you make progesterone from your adrenal glands as well. So the problems come for those women who have been so busy and stressed that their adrenal glands just haven't been making those particular sex hormones for a very long time. And so suddenly they're going from a very high level of estrogen and progesterone to almost none. And that is where the problems come in. When the ovaries start to produce less estrogen, the adrenal glands are supposed to begin producing something called estrone to help balance this out. But when you're under chronic stress, then as I've said before, the adrenal glands have to focus on producing cortisol at the expense of these other more helpful hormones. And so chronic stress is going to make your symptoms so much worse. And chronic stress also depletes the nutrients stored in your body at a faster rate. So I can't emphasize this enough. For women going through perimenopausal symptoms, the number one hormone to focus on is probably cortisol. Do whatever you can to minimize stress in your life. And if you're interested, I have a free handout called Seven Super Simple Solutions to Sort Out Your Stress. And you can grab that at bit.ly slash seven simple stress tips. That's bit.ly forward slash the number seven and then simple stress tips. And I'll put that link in the show notes below. Okay, so that's stress. Another thing is sugar. You see, the other main hormone that women should be focusing on at this time, as well as cortisol, is the hormone insulin. Now, our bodies need to produce insulin to effectively deal with the sugar levels in our blood. However, if we have too much sugar in our diet, if we're eating too many sugary foods, refined foods, processed foods, then we can become something called insulin resistant. And this disrupts the normal hormone production in our body and it is one of the causes of hot flushes. 
So whatever diet we follow, eating more whole plant foods, which includes fruit and vegetables, nuts and seeds and legumes, and eating fewer processed junk sugary foods is extremely important. So those are the two main things you can do. One is to manage your stress and the other is to really cut down on sugar and processed foods. So there are some other natural remedies and solutions that you can try. So along with managing your stress, make sure that you're prioritising sleep and rest as this will also help with your cortisol levels. Exercise regularly, but don't overdo it. A lot of women make the mistake of exercising too hard and too much, thinking that that's the best way to lose weight. But actually, intense, prolonged exercise can actually significantly raise your cortisol levels. So don't over-exercise, but make sure that you are exercising regularly. Also, as I've mentioned before, as I was talking about the liver and xenoestrogens, try to reduce your exposure to environmental toxins wherever possible. So that includes things in your cleaning products, your cosmetic products, um, pesticides you may be putting on your garden, plastics and things in your house that you're using. Um, So get rid of those um, wherever you can. Also linked to the liver, as well as reducing your sugar and your processed foods, also you might want to look at reducing alcohol and caffeine intake as well. And then it's also really important to create a more alkaline environment in our body. So try eating fewer acidic foods, and these are basically animal products, so meat, dairy and eggs, and aim for more alkaline foods. So these will be the whole plant foods, ideally organic, and especially things like broccoli and sweet potatoes are very alkaline forming foods. Then you can also concentrate on eating foods that are high in soy isoflavones. So these are things like soybeans, miso paste, tempeh, tofu, or even soy isoflavone supplements. And then in terms of supplements, you could also consider red clover, black cohosh, maca root, evening primrose oil supplements, omega-3, and St. John's wort, but please always check with your doctor if you're going to start adding in supplements into your diet. So I've talked a lot about how a plant-rich diet can really, really help with your symptoms of perimenopause, and I just want to explain a little bit more about why that is. So firstly, let's think about bone health. One of the concerns in menopause is bone health, because as oestrogen drops, so does our bone mass. And animal foods are very acidic, as I've already mentioned, and so calcium is actually leached from our bones to help to neutralise this acid. And you might be thinking, well, isn't milk a great source of calcium? But actually only about 30% of the calcium in animal milk is absorbed anyway. It's interesting to note that countries that often have the highest levels of dairy consumption also have the highest levels of osteoporosis. And other factors that can negatively affect bone health and increase the risk of fracture include too much salt and caffeine in the diet, intake of tobacco and also a sedentary lifestyle. So these should all be avoided as well. Another way in which a plant-rich diet can really help you through the menopause is when it comes to heart health. You see, declining oestrogen can also raise the risk of heart disease, and plant-based diets have been shown to greatly reduce this risk since bad cholesterol is really only found in animal products. So that's just another thing to take into consideration. And then we come to phytoestrogens. Now these are plant-based oestrogens and are found in foods such as soy. Now I mentioned soy before in some of the natural solutions and remedies. There is a common belief that soy is actually not good to take for women, 
But in actual fact, soy has been shown to reduce cancer risks and there's evidence that it can help to reduce the symptoms of perimenopause too. And it's thought to be one of the reasons why menopausal symptoms are significantly less common in Asian countries such as Japan, where only about 7% of women have menopausal symptoms compared to around 60% in Western countries. A plant-rich diet tends to naturally be higher in these phytoestrogens more than in an animal-based diet. So as long as you don't have a soy allergy, then the isoflavones found in things like soy and red clover are considered safe and beneficial for perimenopausal women. Other foods that are high in phytoestrogens include flax seeds, sesame seeds, pomegranates, legumes, apples, peaches, plums, berries, broccoli, cabbage and spinach. And do try to avoid the xenoestrogens that we've talked about that are found in things like chemical cleaning products and cosmetics. And then finally, just to mention that having fewer animal products in your diet may well help to reduce the hot flushes. You see, hot flushes are very rare amongst Japanese and Mayan women, but much more common amongst European and American women. And one factor appears to be that Japanese and Mayan diets are much, much lower in animal products, which have been shown to affect our hormones. So if you are experiencing hot flushes or hot flashes, as they're called in America, then here are some things that you can do to help with those, along with changing your diet, as I've mentioned above. Avoid hot drinks alcohol and sugar. Avoid spicy foods and nightshades. Now these are foods such as aubergine, tomatoes, peppers and potatoes. Keep your environment cool and avoid taking very hot baths. Avoid wearing tight and very heavy clothing and instead use breathable fabrics and you might want to deliberately underdress for the weather. Reduce your stress triggers as I've mentioned before. And then also you can use essential oil to help. So for example, you could have a two ounce essential oil spritz bottle on you at all times, and you can make up a solution with seven drops of clary sage, seven drops of peppermint, and five drops of geranium in water or witch hazel. That's a really good little spritz bottle that you can have to help with your hot flushes. Other things that help with hot flushes are magnesium oxide. Most of us are deficient in magnesium, so it's a really good idea to be taking this anyway. Uh, Berberine, vitamin E, maca, ashwagandha, unless you are sensitive to nightshades, chaseberry, although take this just in the second half of your cycle. And then also drinking cold water and carrying a water bottle with you at all times. And again, do please check with your doctor if you're considering adding any supplements that I've mentioned into your diet. Now, we have been through an awful lot of information in this episode, so I do hope you've been able to follow it. You might want to listen to it again and take notes, and I do hope you found it helpful. I just want to finish with two very important points. Firstly, in this episode, I've been talking about natural ways to help you manage perimenopausal symptoms. But I just want to emphasise, if your symptoms are really bad, and for some women they can be actually quite debilitating, then please, please, please don't be afraid to talk to your doctor about bioidentical hormones or HRT. These can be hugely positive and beneficial. And the increased risk of breast cancer, which is what everyone worries about when you talk about HRT, is actually much more minor than we think it is, especially if you're not on those medications for more than about five years or so. So please, please, please see your doctor if you're really not coping well with your symptoms and do consider taking HRT if that would help. And then secondly, 
just remember that there are other factors to consider. So if you're going through these kinds of symptoms, just ask yourself, is this really perimenopause or is there something else going on, such as thyroid disease? And it might be worth checking with your doctor if you do have any concerns and they can run specific tests for you. So there you go. I hope you found this all helpful. If you did, please share it with friends and family members that might also find it helpful. Don't forget to grab your free stress tips checklist. Check the show notes below for the link for that. Have a wonderful week and I will catch you next time. Hey, quickly before you go, if this podcast has helped and inspired you in some way, then please jump over to iTunes and leave me an honest review. That way more people can find this show and be inspired too. I personally read every single review and your feedback is so encouraging to me. The second way you can help get the word out is to take a quick screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Catherine Shelton Health and I'll share it right back. Thank you so much. God bless. Until next time.